to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, good to see you. I want to welcome those of you joining us online. We have a very faithful, beautiful church online. And just because I have the power of the mic, I just want to say one person, I want to say welcome to my sister. She has not missed since we got back from Arkansas. So I'm proud of her. I just want to say hi to her and good morning. So uh, sorry if that's, I can't say hi to everybody, but I say hi to my sister, amen. So from all the way from El Dorado, Arkansas. So uh, well, hey, I'm in a series called History, um, meaning basically his story. It, it, it's, it's, it's the story of God, <laughs> It's the simplest way to say that. This is not Bible stories, my friend. This is Bible history. It's not, it's not just things that we come up with and fill pages. These are real live stories with real live people in real live situations, in real live circumstances. Noah, Abraham, Joseph, who we'll look, like, look at today, these are people with skin on them like us, blood flowing through the body. The same God that spoke over them, that called them, that gave them favor, orchestrated their life is the same God that is orchestrating our lives today. If you get nothing else out of this series, understand that the history of the Bible is still writing out his story in us today. We are still his story. And if we will get under him, trust him, look at him, see him, watch him, pay attention to him, follow him, he will write a beautiful story in our life. It won't look like anybody else's because it's our story. He wants to write that story. We, we're not looking at Noah and Abraham and Joseph today because these are just neat guys. They're neat guys. They're neat people. But, but they're doing it. We're doing it because he's still doing that today. Do you understand? He is the same God. He is the same God, still doing the same thing. So we're going to look at Joseph. Joseph is a guy, whoo, my goodness. If there's a guy that could have just quit, he'd be it. We're going to look at all the stuff that was put on Joseph. And we're going to look at Joseph. Because when we look at Noah, and we look at Abraham, and we look at Joseph, and we look at the ones we're going to look at, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find yourself in Noah. What about Noah you want me to see about me? I want you to see Abraham. I want you to see yourself in Abraham. What about Abraham you want to see in me? What do you see in me? When you see, see Joseph, I want you to ask this question. What about Joseph's life do you see in me? Because listen to me, he's the same guy. He's writing the same script. He's doing it the same way. 
It's a different time. It's a different era. It's a different culture, but he's the same God. He still speaks the same, moves the same, motivates the same, gets your attention, orchestrates events, does things. He's still that God. He's still that God. Don't think he's just that other God. He's not an other God. He's the same God. So I taught you to, I brought you to a scripture, Hebrews 13, 8. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right now you're thinking, oh, that's a sweet, that's a sweet. That's like a throw blanket in a fireplace on a hot chocolate. <laughs> it sure is <laughs> uh, in a good football game. But what I'm saying is that's not just warmth. That is scripture, truth, the Bible. That's your God. That's not just to make you feel good. That is to motivate you to understand that the same God that, that called Noah, that called Abraham, that called Joseph, the same God is calling you today, right where you find yourself. He's the same God. If your marriage is not in a good place, guess what? That's all right, because you have the same God today fighting for you. All you gotta do is join the battle. You fight, he'll fight. You lay down, he'll lay down. But when you fight, he'll fight. And sometimes he's gonna even fight when you don't even care to fight so that you can understand that he's still fighting for you. Still fighting for you. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. I ask the question, do you believe that? Do you believe it? You gotta believe it. You have to believe that is the truth. You say, well, Jeff, I don't know about that. I don't know if he's the same God. There's some crazy stuff that he did back then. Can I say something to you? He's still doing crazy things today. He's still doing it. People say, well, man, I don't know. I mean, you kind of have to be kind of crazy today to be that kind of person. Let me say something to you. If you're living for Jesus today, if you are a born-again child of the King, the Holy Spirit of God pumping through your veins, you are crazy. So why don't you just go ahead and accept the fact that you're crazy and go be crazy? Because listen to me, if you're living for Jesus and you're living for the king today, you are crazy hombre. So go be a crazy hombre because Jesus is attracted to crazy people that are crazy about him. Can I say that to you? Quit trying to be all polished up. Ain't no time to be polished up. It's time to be a warrior and a, and a fighter for the kingdom. I'm telling you, we're up against evil. And when you come up against evil, you gotta come up against with the king. We, we have been commissioned, the crazy people that love Jesus, to go be crazy for Jesus. I'm gonna tell you right now, had never rained a drop, God tells Noah to build a boat. Takes 100 years to build a boat. Gets on the boat seven days, still ain't rained. You think anybody called Noah crazy? Uh-huh, probably his own family, probably his wife. All right, for that matter. And I did say wife. It didn't come out that way. But, but wife. You think Abraham wasn't called crazy? You bet he was. You think Joseph, who we're gonna look at today, wasn't probably called crazy? He was called crazy. Listen to me. You gotta be a little bit crazy to be with Jesus today and follow him. 
Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, now faith, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. What are we being sure of? Jesus, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is our faith, that Jesus is not changing. So what do we hope for? What are we certain for? That the God of all creation, if he calls me and speaks to me, all right, and he's the same God that spoke to Abraham, that spoke to Noah, and that speaks to Joseph. Listen, if God speaks to me in faith, then my job as a crazy Jesus-believing fool is to step out in faith, even though I can't see it, believe in a God that, 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 that he's the same God yesterday and today and forever. So if God says, Jeff, I need you to step on that faith step, and I say, God, I don't even see a step. He says, I'm not wanting you to see the step yet. I'm asking you if you believe that I'm the same God today, yesterday, and forever. Then step, big boy, because I, the creator, will create a step if you'll just step. That, my friends, is faith. That's what we're certain of, that the God that called Noah and Abraham and speaks to Joseph we're gonna look at today is the same God that speaks to you and me today as well. Faith contains two things. We talked about them. Faith contains two aspects, believe and trust. Number one, believe. Believing something is true. We used a chair. Chair came back out to see me. The chair, you believe that's a chair. We're convinced that that's a chair. Believing that's a chair does not make that a chair. Believing that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever does not mean a darn thing. Now, it's right to believe it, but you're not asked, okay, to just believe it. You're asked to do the second aspect of faith, and that is to trust and rely on the chair. If he is the same God, it's not enough for me to believe it. It's the same God for me to trust it when I walk over and sit in this chair, knowing this chair is gonna, gonna hold me up, knowing this chair is gonna do what it's called to do. Then and only then is my God who I say he is. It is faith, okay, with action, okay? Faith without action is what? Dead. If I just say I believe, but I never sit in a chair, I don't believe. You're just talking smack, man. Talking smack on a basketball court or any court will get you nowhere. Get you whooped like a dog, what I'll do. Because you talk enough smack and somebody's gonna invite you to the game and now you're in trouble because you, you don't got no game. And when you don't got no game, don't talk about a game because it will be demanded of you. If you tell me you can hit my fastball, grab a bat. Just saying. Otherwise, put the bat down and zip up your mouth. Because if you talk smack about my fastball, I'm gonna invite you to come get acquainted with it, all right? And I'll buzz you under the chin first to see if you're serious, and then we'll go to work, all right? I'm sorry, I can go sports on you, <laughs> sorry. And Kate encourages it, he's over there, you know? <laughs> so, woo. so listen to me, what I'm saying is don't talk about your God, and then when it's demanded of you, don't sh then you just run tail, tuck tail and run. We got a lot of people barking about God. Bumper stickers, honky if you love Jesus, wearing a camp t-shirt, all this other stuff. Can I say something right now? You know what that does? That means nothing today. Nothing. Because we got the same people honking and having a bumper sticker and, and, and wearing a t-shirt of the same people. 
that are just absolutely buying into all the evil junk out there. You need to separate yourself. You got to believe that he is who he says he is, but then your action must prove who he says he is. Don't be a person that just believes. The Bible says he's nothing more than a demon. Demons believe. So you got to believe he's true, and you got to actually trust that it's true as well. Hebrews eleven six, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without belief and trust, it is impossible to please God. It doesn't say you can have one and the other. He says faith. Faith's made up of two things, believe and trust. You can't have one without the other. If you got both, you got faith. He says without both, you can't please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You might say, why? Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Can I say something to you? Each of us in this room and online who profess to be a Christian, a child of God's, got that way only one way, through faith in Jesus Christ. You believe that he died for you. That if you had faith to step out and commit your life to him and receive him as your savior, he filled you with, your Holy, with the Holy Spirit of God. You were baptized scripturally under the water and you come up a child, a new, a new person walking a new life. If that is you today, then why in the world would you start with faith and jump ship now? If you started in faith, walk in faith, not in what you see. If you started in faith, then go in faith. You can't just start in faith and then give up. If you're on the train, you're on the train. You can't trade it in. I walk by faith, not by sight. I don't see it, but he's the same God who saved my soul, so I trust him. He's the same God of Noah. He's the same God of Abraham. He's the same God of Joseph. They didn't see it either, but they did what he asked them to do. And they kept their eyes open and had faith that the same God would make a way. Some of you are hung between believing and trusting. You gotta go all the way, man. If he went up to Via Dolorosa for you and finished it at the Calvary, he's worth finishing it. It's worth it. Finish it for him. Let's recap how we got here, and then we're going to run to Joseph. We started with Noah. The creation, God made a bunch of people, got mad at them, wished he hadn't made them, said, I'm gonna get a flood, wipe them all out. Some of us are going, we need one in a day. I'm like, flood not coming, rainbow came. Sorry, it's up to us, all right? Abraham, I mean, we have Noah. Noah grew up, did the boat, Flood came, wiped them out. His family's on the boat. They open it up. They get off. They repopulate the earth. Then Abraham is born. Abraham is, is, is picked by God to be the father of the nation, father of a nation. He, is, he goes out. Remember, he has a son. His son's name is Isaac, okay? Isaac has two sons, remember, Jacob and Esau. Jacob had 12 sons, all right, this is the 12 tribes of Israel, all right? Y'all follow me here, okay? So Joseph is the 11th son to Jacob, but he is the first son to Jacob and Rachel. 
Y'all, some of y'all are like, what? Right. <laughs> Stay with me, all right? He had 12 sons. Remember, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had, yeah, okay. So we're not gonna sing it, okay? But, but listen to me, Jacob, all right? Jacob has 12 sons. The 11th one for Jacob is Joseph, but he's the first with Rachel and Jacob. That is significant because of what we're gonna see in just a little bit, okay? All right, questions for you. Have you ever been overlooked? Ever been not included? Ever been left out? Ever been judged? You ever been falsely accused of something? Ever been done wrong by people and friends? You ever had a job you didn't like? Some of you are like, amen, I'm in it right now. I'm watching my staff on this one. They, they didn't see if they answered anything. Uh, ever had a job you didn't like? All of us had a job we didn't like, didn't we? By now, you've had a job you didn't like. You ever been given a task or a responsibility you didn't want to do? You're like, they don't know what they got. I shouldn't have to do this. I'm more than this. I'm better than this. I'm not that person. I can't believe they want me to do that. Uh-uh. I ain't doing that. I, I shouldn't have to do that. I'm, they don't see what I see in me. Mm, I'm more than that. They don't, they're lucky they have me. You ever had a situation where you had to do something you didn't want to do, a task? You ever had a boss you didn't like? You ever had a boss that you thought didn't like you? You ever lived in a place you didn't enjoy? Some of y'all like, like Amarillo? <laughs> like the dirt and the poop in the air all the time? And yeah. Have you ever felt like you could never catch a break? You just pretty much convince yourself that the stack of cards is always gonna come up a joker on you. You couldn't get the aces to save your life, man. You just felt like everything was against you. Well, can I welcome you to the world of Joseph? Joseph is a brother that couldn't catch a break that went where he didn't want to be, wasn't even his choice, was falsely accused. All that stuff happened to Joseph. Let's look at some of the details of Joseph's life. And I want you, as I said at the beginning, see yourself in Joseph, but I want you to stay with me and see everything about Joseph. Joseph had an ability to interpret dreams that's what Joseph could do. God gave Joseph the ability to interpret dreams. That was a big deal, okay? Maybe a monster deal. So I said that Joseph was the 11th of 12 brothers, but he was the first of Rachel and Jacob's. Because of that, Jacob 
favored Joseph, all right? His brothers picked up on it, all right? So Jacob gave Joseph a robe, but it not just any robe, a special robe. It was longer in length and a long sleeve. The other brothers had short sleeves on their robes and they wasn't as long because there was task and responsibilities that the brothers did that Joseph would never, ever have to do. That's significant because then started this hate towards Joseph. So it grew so much that the brothers had a plot to kill their own brother. Now, you may have a tough relationship with your sister or brother, but I hope you haven't had, ever had a plot to kill him, all right? They had a plot to kill Joseph, but Reuben, one of the brothers, stood up for him, all right? And they were going to dig a hole and kill him and throw him in a hole, and then they were going to take the robe and put some goat blood on it and take it home to dad and say, dad, wild animal killed Joseph and they just, they just ate him alive and, and this is all we got left. But Reuben, as I said, stood up for him and intersected that all out. So there's a caravan. They look up and there's a caravan of people going to Egypt. And they said, why don't we do this? Why don't we sell him as a slave in Egypt? We can just sell him. So they sell their brother. Do you understand? They sell their brother to be a slave in Egypt. Now, you may think you have a bad brother. You may think you've had a bad sister, all right? You may think your family doesn't like you, but I'm gonna say something to you. Welcome to Joseph's world, and in eight years is not that bad, okay? They had a plot, so they they sell him as a slave. So they sell their brother in Egypt. So Joseph becomes a slave in Egypt to Potiphar. Potiphar is a very high official. Potiphar has a wife. Excuse me, ladies. She don't have a name either. Potiphar's wife, all right? So Potiphar's wife takes a liking to Joseph because he looks good. He's young. He's handsome. He's dark. She likes him. So she tries to bait him in the bed. And Joseph's like, "Not, not doing that. And he, and he jets. So she says, oh, I got to figure out another plan. So one day she goes to his room. He's in there and he tries to do the same thing to Joseph and Joseph runs out. But when Joseph ran out, he left his robe. Hmm. You know what she did? She took the robe, went to Potiphar, her husband, said, Jacob came to my room, tried to get in bed with me. And, and I, I chased him out and I got his robe to prove it. Potiphar gets mad. He throws Jacob where? He throws Joseph where? In jail. Now you've been falsely accused, thrown in jail. You don't even want to be in Egypt. You're sold there to be a slave. You're not only not where you want to be, doing not what you want to be doing. Now she makes up a lie about you and throws you, gets you thrown in jail. I mean, the poor guy can't catch a break. Amen? But remember, Joseph had the ability to interpret a dream. And that ability gave him favor with Pharaoh. So Joseph was made a ruler over Egypt. He was second in command to Pharaoh, all right? 
So basically what Joseph became was the governor of Egypt. Pharaoh is the big honking Nakahoma king, okay? So famine comes to Egypt. It comes everywhere, but, but, it, comes, but, but it hits hard everywhere. So, so Egypt ends up having grain, having food. So Pharaoh has this a dream that this was going to happen, and he calls Joseph in, and Joseph interprets the dream and tells him exactly what you dreamed and what, you, what God helped you dream is, is what's going to happen. So, so all the stuff around the city, they ran out of food. Egypt got food. They had food. They had grain. So people started coming in. So Jacob sends his brothers in to Egypt. Now, Joseph is in Egypt. Joseph sees his brothers, but his brothers don't recognize him. All right? Now, they go back to dad. After the famine gets really bad, Joseph sends word that his, his family, his family comes, all his family come to Egypt. Basically, they all come to Egypt and are saved. Jacob, Joseph because of who he was, the man he was, all the things that happened in his life, Joseph absolutely, 110% is the reason that he set, his family made it. His family would not be here today without Joseph. Joseph saved his whole entire family by doing what he did. He never wavered one time. He never did. So let's look at some things that he did. Joseph was a man of character. Can I say this to you? I've said it before. Character matters. Can I say that to you? Character matters. Joseph was a man of character. See, character doesn't change based on circumstances and situations. It's the same. Jo Joseph was a man of integrity. Joseph was always the same person no matter what. No matter where he found himself, who was looking. He did the right thing because it was the right thing to do. His brothers didn't like him. They set a plot to kill him. They, they sell him as a slave into Egypt. He gets thrown in prison because Potiphar's wife makes up this story about him. But he absolutely never, ever, ever changed. He consistently, consistently was the same guy, a man of character, a man of integrity. He was also a man of resolve. We talked about that. We need to be a man or woman of resolve. Know who you are before you go, okay? The situation should not influence how you react. You know who you are before you go. You know before you go. So no matter where you find yourself, that situation doesn't change who you are. You're the same person every time. Same person every time. He was a man of favor. If you wanna look up favor and being a man of favor, Proverbs 3 is your book. It says that God will give favor, both man to, will give you favor in the eyes of man and of God. There is sometimes for the kid, for children of God when, God, when a man or woman is walking with the Lord, there is favor that is bestowed on their life. God just does things for that individual. Things just work out. Joseph never wavered. Joseph did not give up. We live in a society today that constantly wants to give up every time it gets tough. Can I say something to you, church? If you've heard God and God has spoke to you, 
Just because in the midst of that, it gets tough doesn't mean you can give up. Just because it gets tough doesn't mean it's not God. Just because it's easy doesn't mean it's God. If God's voice spoke, God's voice rules, not circumstances. You can't start with his voice and then transfer to circumstances. You can see your circumstances. Nothing wrong with that. But don't let the circumstances disqualify God's voice that you heard. If God said it, God will do it. God's not subject to and nor held to circumstances. Don't give up. Do not. You see, Joseph never pouted or sulked. There's never a time in Scripture that it says, and Joseph had a pity party. Joseph never had a pity party. Can I say something to you? Joseph deserved the biggest pity party of all time. He didn't do any of that. His brothers didn't like him. They plotted to kill him, sold him into slavery. Potiphar made up a lie about him, found himself in jail. Listen to me. He never picked where he was. God picked it. God, he never picked the location. You say, well, I don't know why I'm in Amarillo, Texas. I don't even know why I live in Bushland. I don't even like this place. I don't even know why I'm here. And God's like, the minute you stop griping and start praising, I'm about to show you why you're where you are. Stop bellyaching about where you are and realize that a sovereign God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever has placed you here for such a time as this. Open up your eyes, open your ears, and understand that all around you is a setup by God. And your griping is not gonna win anybody to the kingdom. People don't get saved because somebody gripes. People get saved when someone praises the Lord and gives honor to the king. I'm sorry God brought you here. And I'm sorry we don't have any trees unless the ones we plant. And I'm sorry the wind blows all the time. And when it does, it's usually full of dirt. And I'm so sorry about that, all right? It's not mine to apologize for, but I'm saying. And I'm sorry if you live in Bushland and sometimes you smell the feedlot, especially after it rains and they rake it, all right? And sometimes it's stronger than others. I'm sorry about that. But in the midst of all the cow poop and the wind and the dirt and the trees that you have to plant and all the yard you have to water because it never rains, listen to me. God has placed you here for such a time as this. And if you stop looking at what you don't have and look at what you do have, it'll change everything in your life. Everything. He did not pout and he did not sulk. And my friends, can I tell you that he never, ever, ever one time played the victim card. I see it all the time, man, all the time. Jeff, I'm, I, I'm this because my parents divorced. I'm this because my boss don't like me. I'm this because I work here. I'm this because I can't get this promotion. I'm this because my wife did this. I'm this because my husband did this. I'm this because my kids drive me crazy. I'm this because I don't like my house. I'm this because I don't like my car. I won't even run. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this because something else. You are this because your choices. And I'm sorry. Sometimes people make choices for people and you find out that you're in locations you wouldn't have picked, but somebody picked for you. 
But that doesn't stop a sovereign God from being the same yesterday, today, and forever. And sometimes we're in places because our choices led us there. You say, I'm so tired of God, I can't catch a break. There are seven lights on Santi, and I catch every one of them red. <laughs> right? You know why you're catching all seven? Because his choice as a loving father, he would like to stop your day just long enough at seven lights to speak to you. You won't stop yourself, so he's stopping you. I always get that line in the store, Jeff. No, you get that line because he wants you to have that line. And you're going to keep getting it until you realize the mission field that's around you. Open up your eyes and your mind and quit thinking so much as this about you. Joseph could have played the victim card and been the biggest jerk this side of heaven, and he'd have been justified to be that. His brothers didn't like him. His brothers tried to kill him. They sold him as a slave, and Potiphar falsely accused him and found himself in jail. Went, went, and went. He could have just played it all. But because of his obedience and him keeping his eyes on the king, he interprets a dream about a famine and gets his whole family to Egypt, and he saves them. He didn't have to get them there. You know why? He didn't even have to forgive them. He forgave them. He loved them. He loved them. We sing a song. Words in the song say these words. God will take what the enemy meant for evil, and he will turn it for good. And that's great to sing. It's a whole other thing to live. And you might think, well, that's just great words in a song. It's not just great words in a song. It comes from the Bible. Let me show it to you. Go in your Bible to Genesis chapter 50. Some of you are thinking, I didn't even know I had 50 chapters. It has 50 even, all right? Genesis 50, verse 20. This is Joseph speaking to his brothers. Can you picture this? This is Joseph speaking to his brothers. I don't know what you would have said to him. I can imagine what I would have said to him. Here's what Joseph said to him. Tell you a little bit about Joseph. Verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done and saving many lives. You meant to harm me. You meant to kill me. You meant to take me out. But my God, my God, who's always good, always faithful, never, ever changes, turned all of your stuff to good. And he saved the nation because of it. You tell me, you tell me why you won't forgive that one person when they didn't do near this to them, to you. You tell me why you won't let them go. Why you won't let that person go. Why you still hold your life today responsible to your parents' divorce 30 years ago, 35 years ago. It ain't their fault. You made those choices. You made those choices. Receive that, understand that, shoulder that, accept that, 
you did that and speak into that and say, God, I trust you though. I trust you that you'll turn all the junk into good for me because you're the same God yesterday and today forever. I want you to go real fast to the Galatians. I need to show you two verses and we're out. Galatians 1.10. Galatians 1.10. Sometimes you just have people in your life you'll never please. <laughs> Bosses, coaches, teachers. You just have them. I had one in high school. My baseball coach didn't like me. And you know what? I ain't like him. I'm sorry <laughs> if he's watching online. <laughs> Didn't think about that. <laughs> Uh-oh. Rewind, boys. All right, so Galatians 1.10. Galatians 1.10. Listen to this scripture. For I, I am now trying to win the approval of men or of God. Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would never be a servant of Christ. Quit trying to please men. Quit trying to win their approval. In my Bible, it has Jeff. You play for an audience of one. My job every single day is to honor my father. If I get man's applause and his approval, great. But that's not what I do it for. It's to honor the king. Joseph was a man that said, no matter where I find myself, oh yeah, I'm gonna honor you. I don't need anything else. I'm just gonna honor you, Father. Some of us are in jobs that we don't like, doing tasks we don't like, working for people we don't like, around people we don't like. And all you've done is bellyache and gripe and complain about it for years and it hadn't changed a thing. I'm asking you to start living and working and behaving in front of them to honor God. If you'll start doing that, you'll receive applause from heaven and you will know that. And applause from man must fade because you'll never win all the man's applause you're looking for. It'll never be enough. Live for the king. Last thing, James 1, the 12 tribes. Look at James 1, 1. And we're out. James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes mm, scattered among the nations. And then he goes on. You know where those 12 tribes came from, right? Mm. You think these 12 tribes all like where they were? I'd say half of them are grappling. Half of them don't like location. Too hot, too windy, dirt in the air, trees won't grow. Maybe poop in the air, I don't know. They didn't like it. You know what God's trying to say right here? Bloom where you're planted. If you're a freshman in high school right now and you don't like your class schedule, you don't like your coach, can I say something to you? Bloom where you're planted. Nobody promotes man like God does. If you're working in a job you don't like, bloom where you're planted. And God will promote you out. If you're stuck in a place in your marriage, and you're like, God, I, I don't know, man, if you can do this one. This one's gonna be tough. 
if both of you will fight and both of you will bloom right where you're at, God will do what you can't do yourself. He will do the impossible. Joseph was a man who never let circumstances, place, location, anything change him. And God honored him and honored him and honored him. And eventually, Joseph saved a nation, saved his family. He had every reason not to forgive his brothers, but he did. He not only forgave them, but he brought them in a famine to a place where they had food. If you've been holding somebody, let them go. If you've been saying, I, 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 I can't forgive them, it's their fault. <laughs> it was his brother's fault, he forgave them. Let them go, he'll let you go. And you will, you will, you will absolutely 110% see God do stuff in your life you would never ever think or imagine. Let them go, all right? Let them go. I'm gonna ask you to stand, church. We talked about Noah. We talked about Abraham. We talked about Joseph. Joseph had everything against him. Every reason to quit, every reason to give up, every reason to pout, every reason to sulk. Can I say something to you? Sometimes God saves you to save you. Sometimes God saves you in a situation, okay, to do more in that situation than you could ever think or imagine. God has put around many of us a mission field, and we don't know it. Open your eyes like Joseph did to see what was really happening in the supernatural, not just happening in the physical. Be a Joseph that doesn't hold a grudge lets people go, forgives them. Why? Because he honors God. I'm gonna pray for you and we'll worship. Father, we love you. By the Holy Spirit of God, I pray that we would do, do what you said. God, that name, that face, that circumstance, that situation, every bit of that that we see right now with our visual, our eyes, our physical eyes see it. God, you see it too. God, may we trust you Not just say we believe in you, but trust you. Right in the middle of it, we trust you. God, you're asking me to forgive them. I don't want to forgive them. Trust me, child. Trust me. You want me to bloom right where I'm planted? I don't even like where I'm planted. I'm mad I'm here. That's okay. Be mad, but bloom because I'm going to do so much through you. Father, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's worship. You come if you need to. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.